0: As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Thanks so much, Megan, for being a part of the podcast.
1: Absolutely. Like I said, I'm super excited overly
0: excited. (laughs) I'm overly excited to speak with you because you have been diagnosed with scleroderma, right? Correct. Which makes you the first interview to highlight the issues surrounding scleroderma.
1: Absolutely amazing. And I would love to answer any questions you have and be as raw as possible. And you just Um,
0: you just celebrated one year.
1: I just celebrated one year on January 22nd. Happy birthday. Thank you. It was the best birthday ever. Um, You know, because I also have a son who turned two on the 24th. Oh my gosh. My son's older than me. (laughs) So it's definitely great news, um, you know, from the HSCT. So I'm excited to share everything with you.
0: Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine having a yeah. son at one year old and going through HSCT at the same time.
1: Yes. I mean, so do you want to hear the backstory, how I got there?
0: Everything. I want to hear okay. Yeah, how you so, found out about HSCT, but also like your diagnosis story and how that evolved over time.
1: So I'd like to think I'm a, a rare case, but I want others to know that they should be aware of how maybe scleroderma happened to them. And I like to think I know how I got scleroderma.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: and my story, my back history is I was an Ironman. I was a marathon runner. I was an athlete. I was super healthy. I'm a nutritionist. I work at a wellness clinic. Um, my diet was fantastic. Um, I did get pregnant and I had an amazing pregnancy. I only gained about 18 pounds, and I was able to work out through my pregnancy, and I had no issues, okay? No signs, no symptoms of any scleroderma. And I had my son on January 24th, uh, 2018, and I'm very competitive. So I made my pregnancy, uh, my labor and delivery kind of like a race. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I told the nurses, I was like, I want this baby out of me and I want it out as soon as possible. (laughs) So with eight pushes, my baby came out. Wow. He's super came out, um, healthy. He was seven pounds, two ounces. Um, I felt great after I was able to walk immediately after, you know, I'm guessing it it was your
0: first pregnancy.
1: Totally. First pregnancy. So, and the nurses were shocked, you know, how well you know, I did at labor and delivery and it was a race for me. I, like I said, I'm, I'm very competitive. I run races. So I wanted this baby out at record time, which I did. So, um, great afterwards. I was feeling great with my son. I'm a new mom. Of course I'm tired. No signs and symptoms. Once again, with scleroderma, my um, GYN doctor cleared me to start working out around four weeks. Um, because I was doing so well and I had already lost, um, I would say most of my baby weight, probably about, I was already down 12 pounds by just eating clean. I was also breastfeeding, um, him, nursing him. And I was an overproducer, which is going to be another story added into this. So I'm doing extremely well. And I would say about nine weeks after having my son, I went back to the GYN doctor to talk about birth control methods. And as an athlete, my doctor recommended that I would get the marina IUD. That way I could still train, run, not have to worry about getting a menstrual cycle, and I could still nurse my son because that was safe and effective. So, you know, I I did some research and I was really hesitant and I went back home and I talked to my husband about it and I said, you know, she really recommends it. I think we should do it. So we ordered it. I went back. I got it placed. No issues going in. um, Didn't hurt because I had just had a baby. Well, still doing great. Okay, I'm running and I'm running fast. You know, um, on the weekends with my son in the stroller. I'm talking like, I'm getting my one mile time back down to nine nine minutes.
0: Awesome. So I'm feel.
1: I am feeling great. I'm on top of the world. I'm having newborn. You know. it's just every, everything you can imagine. Well, within a matter of a week of having this Marina IUD, I started getting hands hurting, um, swelling of the feet, swelling of the hands, foggy brain, um, uh, extreme weight gain. And I'm talking like my hands were really painful. And mm. I just kept saying, maybe I'm washing, you know, too many bottles. You know, right. that's the problem. Right because here I am, I'm an overproducer of milk. So I'm washing like constant bottles. And my son, you know, was drinking from bottles and, and here I am just constantly washing. So I, you know, I bought gloves. I did everything possible that you would think, okay, let's protect my hands.
0: Yeah. Why are they hurting?
1: Why are they hurting? And I was like, you know, maybe I need some help with washing bottles. Well, that continued. Um, the hand pain was just unheard of. Um, I started getting joint pain, and I was like, "Oh my God, something is wrong." And I think it's this marina. I want this out. Mm. Well, on top of it all, I fell down the stairs with my son.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yes, and he was safe. I was safe. It's kind of like a tuck and rolled. You know, you just kind of you know go instinct with that. And I called the GYN doctor. And I said, I want this Marina out. Something is wrong. I don't feel right. I'm dizzy. I'm, I have foggy brain. My joints hurt. My hands are swelling. They're so painful. And You've the you lost was like, your
0: balance and fell down the stairs like that. I lost. Terrifying. Yeah.
1: So I did a lot of research on my own about the Marina. And they're talking about things like, the marina crash, you know, when you get it out or marina could be causing some of these issues. And so I I went back into my GYN and I got it removed and the the marina came out all in one piece. But over time, my signs and symptoms still were happening. I'm talking hands started curling immediately. My skin started tightening. I started getting shiny skin. I started getting esophagus issues. Um, uh, I was just in excruciating pain and I couldn't understand. Um, I started running. I went to CrossFit and I'm, I, I'm never last. I'm going to be honest with you.
0: Sure. Right. Don't, I don't,
1: I don't like to be last and we were running and we were racing and I came in last hmm. and I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> something's not right. Like my body is shutting down yeah. no matter how hard I'm trying my body. My body is physically shutting down. So um, this happens to be around June. My husband and I decided to go the holistic way. And we met with a doctor and we ran some tests and the doctor said, well, it looks like you have signs and symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Well, what do we do about that? So I got on some holistic medicine, started doing some like vitamin D infusions, um, Myers cocktail infusions, vitamin C infusions. I did something called ozone therapy. Um, I did all these treatments and nothing was helping. I was turning to stone even more. (sighs) And I finally found a primary care doctor at this holistic center. And I told him what was going on. And he said to me, I think it has to do with the marina. And I said, I agree with you. I believe I have something called silicone toxicity poisoning in my body Mm. because you can get that from breast implants. So I'm not sure if you're aware of that. No. But so he put me through. I did a lot of research once again online, and I found all these like CPT blood codes where let's get me tested and let's see if I have some silicone toxicity poisoning. So long and behold, I started a standard process, 21 day detox to help, which I found through research from a doctor online that if you have any silicone toxicity poisoning, it could possibly, you know, help you with that. So I did that. And then when the blood work came back, there was some levels of toxicity poisoning in my blood. So the problem is I'm getting worse. I'm physically not able to walk. Mm. Um, The pain Is unbearable. I had my shoulder pop out of socket for no reason and with a baby. So, like, I was taking my son's six month picture and my shoulder popped out of socket, dropped to the ground, screaming. But I made a promise to myself that my son would never see me scream. So, here I am, singing the ABCs, (laughs) packing my son up, driving myself to the emergency room Uh, with a discomfort. Oh my gosh. Yeah, popped my shoulder back into socket. Nobody understands why. So imagine all of your tendons just stop working. Mm. They just stopped like the pain when people are like, Oh, I understand. I'm like, no, you have Mm-mm. no freaking idea. No. You don't understand the pain that it comes to trying to bend my knee. Well, I can barely bend my knee by this time. I couldn't lift my hands to wash my hair. I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't hold a fork. I can't cut my food. I can't open my baby's bottle I can't open his baby food I can't even feed my baby I'm crying because I can't be a mother like my whole entire life is shutting down
0: and completely stopped oh my gosh like and so quickly
1: and quickly this is like hitting me like a freight train like and I am begging people like I am telling them something is wrong with me and I've had doctors say adjust your diet I was like what do you want me to eat now dirt like dirt because I'm, I'm gluten-free. I'm dairy-free because I'm nursing and I'm eating protein and vegetables. My God, what else do you want me to eat? I'm not changing my diet anymore. Like I need nutrients to fuel my body and survive. Like, I'm not like, it's not my diet. There's something wrong. You need to fix me. So my primary care doctor, you know, had me on prednisone, which For anybody out there that's been on prednisone, it is like the devil, Mm. but it is so helpful. And it is, it it really messes with your mind, not only your appearance, but your mind. So like I said, it's a good drug, but it's awful. Yes. So here I am on like 60 milligrams of prednisone. Um, By this time, my mother has basically moved in because I can no longer care for my son. Right. So, can't even lift them, um, you know, changing diapers, everything that you could possibly do is just not happening. Meanwhile, I opened a business down here in Myrtle Beach and I'm still working. So amazing. And right. But I have not shared this information of me being sick with anybody but my husband and my family. So I kept it a secret. So when I left the house, nobody knew that I was sick. So that is what I I made a promise to myself. I was like, no matter how much pain, how much discomfort I'm in, no one is going to know that I'm feeling this way because I have a job to run. I have employees to take care of and I have a family to take care of. So behind closed doors is when I did all my crying and screaming, but out and about, I try to keep my my composure.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story here.
1: Yes. So, And I think it's just sad because a a lot of us with scleroderma do that. It's so we are like we are faking, you know, being well. (laughs) So and it's and it's sad.
0: Well, it's that epitome of invisible. Right. I mean, so much of scleroderma happens on the inside that no one can see.
1: Right. So, all right. So I don't look sick. So, you know, most people are like, oh, well, do a juice cleanse or why don't you just eat healthy? Try that. You Thank you. And I'm like, been there, done that. You have absolutely no idea. So long and behold, you know, I get to my primary care and he finally looks at me. My mother is with me and he's like, you need to go see a rheumatologist immediately. I I think I know what your issue is, but I can't diagnose you. He will. All right. So, At this point, because at that point,
0: it's more than rheumatoid arthritis.
1: Oh, yeah. So at that point, I the rheumatoid doctor um, and I love to share his name, Dr. Twining of Myrtle Beach, because he saved my life or one of the doctors that saved my life. He was closed and he waited for me to come to his office. And he saw me and he looked at me. And the first thing he said to me is, ma'am, you have scleroderma. He didn't even take my blood work. He looked at me and he could tell. And he was right. So, you know, he ran panels and everything came out that, you know, I was positive for scleroderma. I also had a strand of lupus, um, fibromyalgia, rhinoids, and rheumatoid arthritis. So I was the mess. And going through the backstory with him, he also agreed that how can this healthy mother all of a sudden be attacked by this awful disease. And he seems to think also that the marina is what triggered my scleroderma. So I immediately started on methotrexate, which is just a whole other story. It was an awful drug for me. You know, I had to stop nursing and I wasn't ready for it. My son wasn't ready for that either. But I'm thanking God that I was an overproducer. So I had enough milk,
0: Mm, you know, for my
1: son. Um, it happened to be during the hurricane of Myrtle Beach.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: that All of this is happening and it's going down. So, you know, methotrexite wasn't doing anything, but he immediately referred me to MUSC. And he referred me to uh, the scleroderma specialist, uh, Dr. Deanna Baker-Frost and Dr. Silver. And, you know, they saw me multiple times. And then the last time that they saw me was in November. And at this point, I did not look like myself. My skin was completely um, stone. I wasn't able to open my mouth. I couldn't swallow food. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, I was still working full time. Okay. And it was time to share my story. Right. Because I couldn't go on any longer of hiding this. And the doctor looked at me and said, I need you to get, you need to have this, you need to have HSCT or you're not going to be here, Megan. Megan. You will not be here in May, 2019. So I was given my death sentence and my father was with me. And when you get that death sentence, I just started crying and screaming. And there wasn't a chance for me to say, no, I don't want to do this. What are, what is, what are the risks? It was, okay, let's do this. Mm. Because when you get your scleroderma diagnosis and if you research it, it is one of the most scariest things that you could possibly research, because when you read that there's no cure, like, oh, my God, there's no cure. I'm going to die or I'm going to live like this for the rest of my life, which will, other people, which
0: other will be people, shortened. Right. I mean, it's right. like everything hardens from the inside and calcifies everything. And...
1: So basically what they were telling me, Megan, it is going to attack and that's your heart, your kidneys and your lungs. You will die because of how fast this is progressing. We need to move fast. So I was referred to Duke and God bless um, the coordinator at Duke. I call her my angel, um, Allison. And she got me through immediately. And I started my evaluation in December of um, 2019 or no, 2018, excuse me. And, I had moved to Duke in 2019 of January and started this process. Wow. So, yeah, it, um, as a new mother, healthy new mother, you know, being ripped and torn apart from your newborn is not what you want to do, but I can tell you, I would do it a thousand times over to where I feel right now.
0: So, oh my gosh, so much just to even think through. Right. So, Was Duke even offering HSCT at the time or they just knew that that was what you needed in order? So
1: that's a great question. So Dr. Um, Deanna Baker-Frost at MUSC said that they just started um, doing the HSCT protocol again. I guess they had done, you know, the Scott trial. Um, years ago but they had just started and I would be patient number three somebody had just gone through in September and somebody was going to go through in December and those two ladies are really I'm really really close with them you know and uh, I was going to be patient number three Mm. and when I met with Duke I met with all the doctors the Bomara doctor um, the my radiation doctor the chemotherapy doctor and you know talked about the wrist and how the protocol was different at Duke than it was at the other centers. And I knew I was in the right place. So um, I went with it. And Duke's protocol is different than Northwestern, um, you know, because we do the radiation and they're actually, you know, killing off your immunity and and starting from square one. Mm -hmm. So all of this is literally a blur. You know, when you're dying and someone says, you know, you're not going to make it. I just was like, let's let's do it. And that's me being completely honest.
0: Sure. I can't.
1: I all the paperwork I signed. I didn't even really know what I was signing. It was basically like, I don't care what it takes. This is my race that I have been preparing for my whole entire life. Mm. I'm going to beat the hell out of scleroderma. And I'm going to prove that there is a cure or I will not ever have scleroderma again in this body after this procedure, because I just can't do it.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, no, after the taste that you had of it and how evil it is and how quick it can take you down.
1: Right. And it's, you know, and mine was diffused rapid scleroderma and the fact there's so many suffering with lung involvement and there's so many with heart issues, it completely breaks my heart because I just wish that everybody could do HSCT. Yeah, right. And I mean, if you had told me in June, let's do HSCT, I would have done it in June. I wouldn't have waited until January. I would have done it right away because I progressed so fast. So I had to work extremely hard afterwards to get where I am today. So
0: to reverse damage that was done.
1: So much damage. And I know people progress at different rates. So doctors are like, Oh, let's wait. I just, to me, I just feel like everybody should have the option mm. to do this. Right. And the other issue is insurances. It's expensive. <laughs> you know, so- it's also
0: expensive to s- spend a lifetime on drugs that only slow progression, if you're lucky that the drug works for you. Right. Right. I mean, they knew drugs weren't even going to touch your experience with scleroderma. It sounds like, I mean,
1: nothing, none of the drugs worked for me. Methotrexide didn't work for me. Celsop didn't work for me. Prednisone didn't work for me. And, you know, the esophagus um, medications I was on, nothing, nothing was working. So, you know, and where I am today, I, I, I can, I'm going to tell you right now, I can proudly announce And I announced on my blog, um, two days ago, I'm proudly announcing I do not have active scleroterma. Wonderful. So, so, so
0: wonderful. How does that feel to you?
1: Okay. So I'm in shock. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm a very overly dramatic person. Okay. And you know, when this happens to me, it, this really messes with our mind.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. And there's a lot of family and friends that will say, I understand what you're going through. Well, no, you don't. You have no idea what it is like to have scleroderma. And then you have no idea what it's like to give in a death sentence. And then you have no idea what it's like to go through what I went through and then where I am today. And to still live with the fact that what happens if this comes back or every single time I, I have a finger pain, is it scleroderma? Or, you know, if I get sick, Oh my God, is my scleroderma going to come back? So it's something that is going to probably be with me forever. And I'm going to have to learn to live with. But the fact that I know that I don't have active scleroderma anymore, I just know I want to give others hope and faith that, we can find maybe not a cure, but we can find a way to stop this and feel miserable, (laughs) you know, and, and the more we spread the awareness of this, that maybe other doctors will get on board and understand that this needs to be more than just, you know, this, this needs to be an everyday treatment.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, it needs to be an option considered right alongside of any other disease modifying therapy offered because right. HSCT has proven to work. Doesn't even matter the protocol, right? The current right. trial out there with beat MS focuses right. on MS, which is, you know, great for people with MS, but for people suffering with other autoimmune issues, right. it needs to be considered then as an alternative treatment at the get go, right. right? Add diagnosis.
1: And I, and I, and the problem is I can tell you, I was rushed to the emergency room plenty of times during, um, you know, when I was first diagnosed and doctors had to Google scleroderma oh, yeah, they and no they Googled idea. it in front of my face. Wow. And I was just like, I'm teaching them about it. And I mean, People, I mean, doctors need to be aware of these autoimmune disorders that are, that are happening. And there's nothing worse than somebody with scleroderma trying to go to the doctor and then your doctor is Googling it. Or if you have scleroderma, if something flares up, they're just like, oh, it's, it's just your scleroderma flaring up. Mm-hmm. You know, we want answers and we want to be sent to doctors that know. So if you don't know, then refer us to a specialist, you know, you know, help us. Because there's thousands of us that are suffering and we want help <laughs> and we want to feel better.
0: Yeah. Everyone so, deserves to feel better.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I can tell you, so my skin score going in before, you know, stem cell was a 48 out of 52. Wow. Okay. So that's like complete, almost stone. Yeah. And I think finger, my fingers were curled. Um, it was two days ago. I'm 13.
0: Amazing.
1: So the only thing the dermatologist that, you know, tested me each time, the same dermatologist, she looked at me in a and she goes, Oh my gosh, you don't even look like you had or have scleroderma. The wow. only way that I could tell is because of your pinkies because my pinkies are fully curved. So, and by my blood work now, I'm not sick. Mm. I have amazing blood work. I, nothing is in the yellow. Nothing is in the red. Everything is in the green everything is perfect. How does so that feel? I'm, it's amazing. I'm walking around as a walking freaking miracle. <laughs>
0: mm. Or just <laughs> like, a testament that HSCT works.
1: Yes. And I, I like I said, it's and I talked to almost every candidate that goes through Duke.
0: Okay, wonderful. I am on,
1: I am on every scleroderma page no demand on Facebook.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your advocacy and just support of other people going through this.
1: Yes. And, and I want people to know, you know, and I have my Megan's race to an HSCT page that, you know, that I blog daily and I let people know, call me, let's talk. Let's, you know, why, what, why are you on the fence of this? What are you concerned about? You know, I left my son For like three months and missed his first birthday to fight to be alive where I am today. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried about leaving your family, leave your family for three months because then you have a lifetime with them, you know? Right. Um, Are you worried about your money? Okay. Fundraise it the best you can. But, you know, there's financial aid. Find a way. I know that my parents were about to give up their life savings Mm -hmm. to save my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my my
0: parents sold their house and gave me a significant amount of money in order to go because when I got back to Northwestern, Dr. Burt looked at me and said, we can't wait. If you wait a year from now, this isn't going to work for you. You need this as soon as possible. And that's terrifying. Like you said, it's like a death sentence of like, okay, so either I go through HSCT or I shorten my life expectancy. Significantly, just by waiting, or like. I can plow through and make this happen
1: and I mean, what type of life is it? you know, I here I am as a new mom, laying in bed, I called myself the couch mom mm. because I was laying on the couch when I was at home, and they would have to bring my son to me, so like every photo I have of my son and I, I'm on the couch holding him. I don't have pictures. Of, with my newborn of me, you know, at the park, or holding him by the Christmas tree, or, you know, just like the normal photos. Right. everything I have is me sitting there holding my son, because, and, it was you know,
0: the safest way to be with him.
1: Right? I couldn't bathe my son. You know, it, it's just sad. I feel like scleroderma robbed me from my first year of being a mother. Absolutely. And Now my goal is I am doing everything possible with my son now. And after, you know, treatment, I have to be obviously very careful. I'm following everything of Duke protocol, you know, being around in crowds. I'm not doing my husband has sacrificed, you know, so much, you know, for me to make sure that I remain healthy and my family also. And now I'm able to do those things that I wasn't before. And it's an amazing feeling you know, just taking my son to the beach, or putting him in a swing, or throwing him his second birthday party without any help. Hmm. You know, it's, it it almost makes me tear up. Yeah. And it's the
0: simple things in life that you're getting a chance to experience.
1: Right. And I I mean, people need to know that stem cell treatment is hard. It's not easy. Okay. And there's, and as you know, there's, there's different stages, you have, your evaluation stage where am I gonna make am I gonna get accepted? Am I gonna live? You know, am I gonna feel better? So you go through that stage. Well and, and yeah, then you can get, my
0: body even tolerate this?
1: Right. Right. Can 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 my body survive this? Right. So once you get through that stage, then you go through your hospital stage where you are being completely blasted with chemotherapy. You're violently sick. You're getting radiation. You are trying to fight for your life. You know, your immunity is completely wiped out. You have absolutely no mobility, at least I didn't. And mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you go into you get your stem cells back and then you go
0: into recovery.
1: And honestly, recovery is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's very tricky. I, I think recovery is the hardest part. And I was glad that, you know, at Duke, you stay there um, at an apartment and you go daily for, you know, um, labs and infusions daily afterwards. And I was glad that I had that opportunity to stay there, you know, for two months after and then you go home. Going so, home, going home is good. Okay. Right. But it's it's also really freaking scared Yes, because that's when the mental, the mental part sinks in. And I can remember crying a lot. Um, I can remember sleeping a lot. Um, The heartache of my son, not wanting to come to me, you know, going to my mom instead, Um, you know, and then going to physical therapy three times a week. I went to, I had to, I went from a wheelchair, you know, and I had to learn how to tie my shoes again. So I had to go to physical therapy three times a week, hand therapy three times a week. And then I had to go to pelvic floor therapy, mm. which a lot of people don't talk about, which I love to talk about, um, cause scleroderma affects everything, right? Not just your inside, it, it you know, outside it affects your inside, your muscles and your mm. tendons. Right. So I went to pelvic floor therapy. So even though my blood work says I am Okay. I'm still fighting every single day to recover. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now my goal is not to poke the bear, you know, not to try to trigger this again. So, you know, I, 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 people ask, are you going to have another child? Nope. Because what happens if it wasn't the Marina, it was my, my son that caused my scleroderma, not my son, but, you know, being pregnant,
0: right. The pregnancy.
1: So why go down that path? Um, I laugh because I really want a tattoo. Um, well, Duke is like, no,
0: right? Because
1: what happens if it triggers it? Right. So I have an amazing husband that is actually going to get my tattoo that I wanted Aww. on
0: him. <laughs> That's sweet.
1: So the the therapist at Duke gave me this quote: um, "Life is tough, my darling, but so are you." Mm. So now my husband's going to get that tattooed on him. <laughs>
0: Amazing. That's so sweet.
1: Yeah. So that, you know, I don't want to poke the bear with a tattoo. No. Um, your appearance changes sure. with scleroderma. Mm-hmm. My lips have shrunk completely. Um, they talk about getting, you know, lip injections. I don't want to poke the bear. No. What happens if that causes it? I had a marina, a foreign object in my body. Why is it worth it to do, you know, Botox on my face? Or lip injections to make make no. sure I have fuller right. lips. No, so the next couple of years and the rest of my life, you know, I I plan on being cautious of my body and what I do,
0: taking care of I, it. Right,
1: you get a second chance with this, and now it's just time to live and be blessed that I got this chance. Yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit more about. The Duke protocol, you mentioned three months, which is a lot longer than even some of the international protocols or Northwestern, which I don't think even the current clinical trial with US clinics, I don't think is that long. So tell us more about the Duke protocol and are they treating one patient at a time? Are they treating multiple autoimmune issues or specifically scleroderma and MS?
1: Right. So that's a fantastic question. So um, yes, they're doing it with scleroderma. And um, you don't need a referral to go to Duke. You can actually just get the coordinator's um, information and you can send your medical records and start your process on your own. Wonderful. Um, So, you know, everybody that I've been talking to on the page, I just basically send the email of the coordinator and you can start your process on your own. And then what they do is they set up your evaluation. And if they think that you're a candidate, they can start getting you on the books. Um, as of right now, I know there's about 15 that have already been through since I have. Um, and there's more that are on their way. Mm, good. That's, um, that's a plus there. It starts with the evaluation, like I said. And then when you go back, you go for your shots. I know that a lot of times people do their shots at home. I did my shots at Duke. Where um I started where you know, get your cells going mm-hmm, the so I started my my nupagin shots um there, and I stayed uh, at a hotel, and I um got my apartment also and started to move in. and then I was able to go home for the weekend. and then when I came back, that is when I was admitted into the hospital and I started immediately my ATG therapy and chemotherapy. And I did about two days of uh, full body radiation. So I had twice a day radiation for two days. And then I was in um, the hospital, I would say probably for about three weeks Mm. So and I had all my chemo and the ATG there and then they monitored my levels to make sure that I was okay. And when I was, you know, I, I I had some issues. I'd never broke a fever. Which was amazing. That is great. Um I but I did have, you know, fluid around my heart. Um, I did have some issues there. Um, I was in ex- significant pain again when they started the shots again, you know, to make sure that right. my cells, you know, were getting you know, attached here. So, and then I was released and I am released back to my, my apartment. So then I would go every morning to clinic where I got my labs drawn and I was given either like a blood transfusion, if I was low with potassium or magnesium, and I was monitored daily. Um, and I got those transfusions to make sure that my levels were up Um, Like
0: platelets or hemoglobin
1: to make sure everything was good. So if I needed calcium, I I got my calcium. So, and then I would see the doctor and I would go for physical therapy. Um, I met with a hand therapist there. I met with a physical therapist there. Um, I also met with a therapist because going through this is definitely mentally messing with you. Mm.
0: So um, that's so good that that's part of the
1: yeah treatment
0: right that's treatment yes. regimen so i
1: wasn't just released and went home you know and i and i liked the fact that i wasn't in care of you know my rheumatologist i was under duke's care so i knew if there was any issues i was at the right place
0: sure um, so who was with you to make sure that you got to all those appointments and clinics
1: so this is um how we did it i had my father who was my main caretaker and uh, my mother moved in to Myrtle Beach to take care of my son. So she was the full caretaker for him. My husband had to maintain his work schedule and he's in law enforcement and we needed to keep our insurance. So he's on one of those ships three days on, two days off, three days off, two mm. days on. So he drove off after work and would be with me you know, on the days that he was off and would give my dad a break for my dad to either drive back to Northern Virginia to make sure the house was okay, or would go down and stay with my mom to make sure everything was okay there. But my dad and my husband were my main caretakers. Mm. My sister, God bless her. She lives in Raleigh, which is about, you know, 20 minutes out from Durham where Duke is. She also at her time in life was able to be with me. Because, thank God, my son, during this process, got hand, foot, and mouth disease. Oh, goodness. And my father and my son, I mean, my husband, were around him and couldn't come see me. Right. So then my two main caretakers went down because they were around him. Mm. They didn't get it. But my sister then became a full caretaker in the hospital. So um, between the three of them, they made it work. Um, you can't have obviously a lot of people around you, you know, and that was, that was the other part. So we made sure that my, my dad, my husband, my sister would be the main, um, soul caretakers of me.
0: Amazing.
1: So, and then, and then once your levels are good, I was sent home to Myrtle beach, um, for about, you know, like three weeks. And then I would have to travel back to Duke monthly. So to be under their care, to get labs checked. And if I had any emergencies, I was to check in with my primary care Mm. or I was supposed to check in with my rheumatologist. I prefer going back to Duke. I know it's a three hour drive, but it's worth three hours for me. Sure, sure. So, um, and they, they are following everything, you know, they're the ones that adjust my medication they're the ones that tell me, you know, what to do. If I have an emergency, I text message them or I call them immediately. I get immediate response. So Wonderful. Yes. So that is, that I'm not, you know, just a patient. You know, they're my family. Right. Yeah. I, I like to, I like to call them my best friends. <laughs>
0: so, it's amazing absolutely. the quality of care in any re- HSCT clinic. Yes.
1: Yes. It it, it really is. Uh, you know, and I knew Duke was where I needed to be. So, and like I said, um, I'm glad MUSC referred me there because at the time I had no idea what HSCT was. Right, right. Somebody just said, hey, you're going to die. You need to do this. And I was like, okay, sign me up. (laughs) So,
0: like, It's amazing that somebody even knew HSCT could be an option for you.
1: Right. And, you know, that was the specialist at MUSC, Dr. Silver. So, you know, I I owe him. And Dr. Baker Frost, I, do, I owe them, you know, a lot.
0: Well, and it speaks volumes to the efforts to try and promote awareness, right?
1: Right. More mm-hmm.
0: doctors, more clinics, more therapists need to be aware that this should be considered as an option. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for helping us make that a possibility. Yes. yes. <laughs> so tell us about your most memorable experience throughout this whole... Journey. I mean, gee whiz, there's a lot already that you've shared, but is there anything else that stands out in your mind?
1: I met other warriors that will forever be my family. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, besides
1: the support that I got from the outside, when you meet other warriors that are going through what you're going through, that's what means the most because they understand. They understand what you're going through, the pain, the suffering, the leaving your family, the, the news that you get, the fighting that you're going through. And I'm in contact with them and they're my family. And I, I have to say that I, they will forever be my family. Mm. And I have like a handful of them that I love, like as sisters and that I love as families as my family and, you know, at Christmas time, we're, we're calling each other and they're sending Christmas presents to my son Mm. and, and happy birthday cards and FaceTiming me. And in my prayers, you don't get, you know, what other, I, I like to say, like, does that happen to other people? I don't know. I hope it does, but through this experience, I've gained life. Long, warrior friends Mm. and family. That's beautiful. I mean, my doctors, even my doctors, they will forever be a part of my life. So I mean, they they will they know my son's name. You know they they say happy birthday when Austin turned two. So I think, I I mean this this was this I will I would do it a thousand times again. Like I said and. Yeah, that's, the, that's memorable for me. Yeah. You know, it's not easy I'm, to
0: go through, but the journey and all those you meet along the way, right?
1: And, and the funny thing is, I can't tell you if you were to tell me like, how I felt on this day, I can't. It's all a blur. It's almost like childbirth. You forget the pain, mm. you know, afterwards. Well, I forget everything. I just know it really sucked. And I don't want to go through it again. Right. So, What about
0: the day you got your stem cells back? Do you remember that day?
1: Um, yes, I had a, a priest there. I'm Catholic. And I had my sister there and my dad there. And I remember it being very quick. And I remember saying my prayers. And I remember crying. And I have it on video. And I watch it all the time. And it tears me up. So I mean, that's a really important moment. And I remember my nurse, you know, and it's that was my rebirth day. I could care less that I'm turning 35 in April. Mm. I'm one.
0: Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. I,
1: I'm one years old. Yeah. You I just a-
0: celebrated your first birthday.
1: I did with a big Barbie cake. Nice. <laughs> with, a, with a massive Barbie cake. My mom knew my childhood favorite cake was like one of those 3D Barbie cakes. So I celebrated with a Barbie cake. At, That's awesome. You
0: know,
1: one years old.
0: After and celebrating I- your son's birthday, right?
1: Yeah, and then he was celebrated his, you know, the next whole week. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I got, I got my day, and then, and then it was great to celebrate his. But I will say, the sec, I mean, the other most memorable moment is the day I got to see my son again. Oh yeah. Um, there is nothing. I mean, you know, him pulling up to the apartment after me not seeing him for all that time. I mean, there's Facetime, you know, but but it's one. so
0: different. Yeah
1: and then being able to hold him in my arms and just cry and let him know that you know mommy's going to be okay was just something I'll just never forget.
0: So I can only imagine. I mean, I remember what it was like to to hold my daughter again and she was she had turned 7 in the weeks right. between the different phases and so she was definitely older and
1: and aware
0: Aware, but it was tough for her at some point to FaceTime with us because she noticed the hospital setting and she then became very hesitant and fearful and I don't blame her at all. Right. But it was very tough to experience like that isolation from your child.
1: Right. It's almost like they get mad at you and they don't understand. And when they get older, they'll, they'll understand then. And it's hard as a parent that... I'm like oh my, you don't understand right now, but you will later.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> you is temporary,
1: and it's worth so it. When I'm there for your wedding, you will know why I did this.
0: <laughs> you know, because I like, could be there for your wedding. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. So, I mean, it, it is tough as a parent, but you know, like I said, I had an amazing army, you know, behind me. So I was okay to leave him to do this.
0: So, is, yeah, that's another thing that some people just don't have. And right. Oh, that's so hard, right? Like, And
1: I think, and that's the other thing you go through this, like survivor's guilt. And I don't know if you did or not, but mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely did. And it gets and it's like, I wish everybody could experience, you know, what I experienced and how I did it you know, and how I had my family there, because I know there's a lot of people that don't have the support of their family. But I know that there are programs out there where I think you can hire, you know, caretakers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, you know, find a way to make it work.
0: Well, it's so worth it to have that transformational second chance at life, right, free from disease progression. Right. So How about if you name a superpower that you gained as a result of your experience?
1: Superpower. Gosh, I mean, you're gonna laugh. I, I, I think I'm unbreakable. Like, I'm unbreakable. Nothing can break me down. Like my foundation is like, is so strong right now. And it's not even just me. It's. It's like my family, like my husband and my son and I we're unbreakable. There's nothing that you can throw at us that is going to break me mm. down now. Wonderful. So, I mean, the littlest things in life don't matter anymore. You know, why stress about the littlest things? Or if something happens, why, why worry about it? I have my life and I have my, my son and I have my husband can't break you can't break the Davis family. Mm, nice. Can, and that's you know, and if something else comes our way, bring it on because we're ready to take anything on. Because I like to say I just kick scleroderma in the ass. And yeah, you know and they say that's uncurable. Well, guess what? I just beat the living hell out of you. Right, you did.
0: <laughs> well done, warrior.
1: <laughs> so yeah. You can't break me. Um I'm gonna come back stronger. So
0: I love it. So what could you offer as advice uh, to anyone going through scleroderma who might be on the fence? It sounds like you've had a lot of those conversations already. And what do you offer people as advice based on your experience? You're not alone.
1: We do understand. And I would suggest one, keep moving, no matter how painful it is. Keep moving, find a specialist. Find someone who understands. It's like when you go to a dentist and if it's a bad dentist, you don't stop going to a dentist. You find another one. So if you don't find the right doctor, find somebody. Don't give up. Find a way to make yourself feel better and join a support group. Don't hide. I hid it. I, I went months without telling people what was wrong with me. And I shocked the world yeah. when I told I bet. people I
0: was sick. I bet.
1: And I kind of wish I didn't. That's my biggest regret. I wish that when I found out I had scleroderma, I wish I had just told everybody because I would have just started spreading the awareness then. You know, I waited until I got approved for my stem cell treatment to to share it.
0: That, yeah, so it's so interesting because I mean, I too hid my disease for a long time, or tried to, and the more I fought what was happening and how it was evolving and quickly taking me down, like the more right. I struggled not only to hide right. it but with disease, right? So like, right, as I tried to suppress everything and hide it, it was actually increasing activity of the disease within. Right. And if, I mean, it's so invisible or we think it is right. Because right. so much of our symptoms are internal that others and can't see until it starts becoming physically noticeable. And right. that's when the disease is really active.
1: I mean, and and it's like that because, you know, I was ha- hiding it and people are like, wow, why isn't Megan, you know, running her races and why is she doing this? Mm-hmm. Obviously she had a baby and is being lazy, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, no, I, I'm laying in bed At nighttime, watching Moana six times with my son, you know, crying and singing the alphabet at the same time. Because it's the best you can do. Because it's the best thing I can do. But you know what? That's okay. And that's the people need to understand that if you're laying down and you're being a mother, you're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just getting up and showering for the day. You've succeeded with scleroderma, right? (laughs) Like people don't understand that it's hard. So if you walk to your mailbox and that's all you've done for the day, you you've won.
0: Yes, (laughs) kudos to you.
1: Yes, and you're not lazy. You're fighting an an autoimmune disorder that there isn't enough evidence you know, out there to help us. But HSCT is going to be the way. So go as soon as you can. So you can qualify because the longer you wait, you may not qualify.
0: Right. Well, and then the more damage you endure that you Absolutely. end up trying to work harder to try and reverse.
1: Yes. Yes. Because I can tell you what, cutting my food was really hard and trying to cut my food again was really hard. Again. <laughs> I remember I have a an amazing employee and we won you know, best nutrition for the grand strand. And I was, I was very sick and she had to cut my food at the dinner that we were at. Cause mm. I didn't want people to know, but she like secretly cut my food. But now I laugh every single time I pick up a knife and cut my food because I can do it. You can do it again. <laughs> and it's like internally I'm laughing like at the gas station. I, um, I remember crying, um, before because I couldn't turn my gas knob Mm. to get my gas to get gas in and nobody was around and I remember sitting there for like 45 minutes waiting for somebody to come to help me because my tank was on empty and I called my husband and he was at work so he couldn't come and then I was trying to call some of my friends to be like can somebody just come help me with my gas tank (laughs) and then finally a gentleman came and I'm crying and I said can you help me sir take off my gas tank and he did and you know he said it's okay ma'am calm down and I tried to explain to him my issue and he said I'm here to help you and then I remember after stem cell I'm going home pumping my gas for the first time and I did it all by myself Mm. and I took a selfie by the gas
0: tank nice
1: and this gentleman laughed at me and I said listen sir (laughs) yeah Yeah. Four months ago, five months ago, I wasn't able to pump my own freaking gas. This is a huge accomplishment. I just had a stem cell transplant and I remember him clapping and I was like, Aww. oh, thank you. Like, yeah. you know, th- you know, that's, you know, those are little accomplishments that, you know, you don't they're think huge. of daily. But they're that are huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now I can uh, wash my hair. Blow dry it without. I used to use a travel blow dryer because it was lighter. Mm. Now I can use a normal blow dryer. I can do my makeup again. E- everything is back to normal. Yes, I don't use any. T- I don't use any tools anymore to help me. So everything is like fully back. I can open up pickle jars. I'm gonna. I ran my first race in May.
0: Amazing.
1: And I'm planning on running a half marathon. Um, hopefully in April or May. Wow. And then um, my goal is to do a half Ironman by next year. Awesome. Yeah.
0: That'd be Definitely. amazing. Mm-hmm. Talk about reversal.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I I made, it's almost like you have to make a promise to yourself. When you get diagnosed, you have to say to yourself, because I remember screaming to the rheumatologist when he told me, ma'am, you're never going to run again. And I started Screaming, my mother can tell you. I was screaming in his office and crying. And I was like, You don't know who I am. I'm going to run again. And I remember running a couple of days later and I went to full paralysis on the side of the road and had to call somebody to come get me Mm. because he was right. I couldn't run.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: because everything was shutting down. But I was like trying to prove that I would be like the scleroderma girl who could run. Unfortunately, my body wouldn't let me do that. So I made a promise that I would find any way possible that scleroderma would not win and that I would go back to it. So if I couldn't live with it, then I'm going to get rid of it. So I love that, that. Was my goal. the path that led me to where I am is what I wanted. Mm. So.
0: so what are you grateful for about HSCT maybe that has gone unspoken?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm, I get to be a mom again. You know, I'm an, I'm, I'm still an athlete. You know, some people can say, I was an athlete. No, I am an athlete. Right. I am an athlete. I just took a little bit of a break. I am an athlete. I am a boss. I am a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. And, and it's all because of that. Like, I, 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 don't even, I don't feel sick. I don't look sick. I'm completely normal. I'm walking down the road in the, or at the mall, and I am a normal person. So that's what it did.
0: you are warrior strong.
1: Yes. Warrior strong. I'm going to name my boat that warrior. (laughs) There you go.
0: Well, it's something that's unforgettable, right? And as you continue to look like a normal person now, right, it's, you still carry this journey with you that is so abnormal or unique.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when you go through this process, you know, your appearance does change. Scleroderma makes your appearance change. And I will have to say that with the stem cell, my appearance is slowly going back. I mean, yes, my lips are a little bit, you know, thinner. Um, my face is a little bit thinner. I lost, like, my chubby cheeks. But now I look at myself and I'm like, I, I, I'm HSC. Like, I want to be the face of HSCT.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I don't want to be Megan Davis. I want to be Megan Davis who fought and beat scleroderma you know, like my appearance now proves that it works. I don't know if that makes sense. It
0: absolutely does.
1: I really I I, and I'm and I'm grateful. You know, it's a blessing.
0: Blessing indeed. It sounds like you are a blessing indeed for your community of other scleroderma warriors. Thank you for being a resource for them as they, you know, embark on pursuing HSCT because scleroderma certainly does not attack everyone that as quickly as it attacked you,
1: right? It it goes at different levels, different progression, and different rates, hits different things. And um, that's the tricky part. That's (laughs) scleroderma is one crazy thing. I'll tell you what, you know, I never heard of it until I got it. But man, it is um, a scary, crazy disease.
0: Brutal. Yeah, brutal. So kudos to you for fighting it and beating it.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank I you. hope nothing triggers the return.
1: Nothing will. Nothing will. Like I said, I, I'm unbreakable.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. I am unbreakable. It's been such a joy talking with you.
1: Thank you. I, I definitely I definitely appreciate it. Like I said, I'm here to help anybody speak with anybody and let them know that they're not alone. We are a family. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, we are a community fighting together.
0: Warrior strong. That's right. Warrior strong. Thank you yeah. so much, Megan.
1: Absolutely. I, like I said, I'm 100% on board to help support you or help support anybody that's going through um, scleroderma or even MS or any autoimmune disorder because, like, there's not enough information and support out there. So, right. you know, if I can try to make a difference, I would love to
0: help. Mm. Thank you for already making a difference. You are Thank quite you. the advocate, and it's just amazing talking with you and sharing the resource that you are to others so thank you thank you that's amazing work you're doing happy first birthday
1: thank you thank you so much take care
0: Be sure to visit Podcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources of the HRCT Warriors Incorporated Nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allett-Sauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, itunes stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts it's been so great to connect with warriors worldwide and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease take a moment to connect with us on instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening in the meantime we hope you'll tune in next wednesday for another episode highlighting another hsct warrior until then be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers be kind be well John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.